Chris here, just doing a little uh, live uh, commentary before the regular show, which is coming up in about an hour with Paul Nathanson, who's a um, he's an author, he's a psychologist. We're going to be talking about the the proper role of men and women in society and the changing role. Uh, he wrote a book about misandry, which I suppose is the opposite of misogyny. Um, and we'll be talking about... Uh, yeah, just a, a broad section of issues. But right now I want to talk about um, my interview yesterday with Richard Spencer, alt-right, um, and the responses to that interview, which have been, uh, um, you know, pretty disheartening in many ways for me, uh, mainly because they focus on uh, anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. Um, it came up during the course of the interview, and I certainly am not going to hide that, but that I happen to be Jewish. and. Um, Richard expressed some opinions about um, Judaism as uh, the origin of the tribal concept. Um, this is uh, one of the great uh, anti-Semitic canards that go way back. Um, my response to that is that um, while Judaism does not proselytize and it's not easy to become a Jew, it has always accepted converts it has always uh, had heretics who have left the faith. And that while, Judy, while the Jewish people are a people in the broad sense, um, ultimately it's a set of ideals. It's a religion. It's an organized way of worship. Um, and that um, as such, it differs from white people because white people, it's just a race. It's not... Uh, there's no ideals. There's no particular, you don't go worship whiteness. I mean, you know, it, it gets down to what Ayn Rand referred to as the most primitive form of socialism. It's a collectivist category that has no actual meaning, in my opinion. There's no such thing as a white church or a white, you know, ritual or white prayers. You know, it's it's whereas in Judaism, like Christianity and like any other religion, there are practices and there are beliefs and there are principles and there's um, basic uh, understandings um, that, that are embraced to varying degrees by the Jewish people. Now, that doesn't mean there isn't dissension. Of course, Judaism is famous for that. But but the point is that it's 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 more of a religion than it is some kind of a tribe. And then when someone like Richard uh, Spencer and, and these uh, people who are texting me the most vile and disgusting texts in response to that interview, when they refer to Judaism as some kind of a secret tribe, what they're doing is, to use a psychological term, they are projecting. Sigmund Freud coined the term originally. I'm not a fan of Sigmund Freud. That's another subject. But he was right about this particular uh, designation. And that is that when one projects, they are taking that which they believe in and they are putting it onto their perceived opponent. However, that for whatever reason, the, the people or a person are their opponent. That's another question. But they are, they are superimposing their own beliefs onto that other person. The left is famous for this. You know, they, they will project their own corruption on their opponents and blame them for that which they believe in. 
So in the case of um, Richard Spencer and and his uh, the people that are tweeting in favor of his positions, they are the ones who are hyper-tribal, not the Jewish people. They're the ones who are like, and Richard Spencer said it right off in the, in the early part of the interview, if you listen to it, it's up on YouTube, that he's obsessed with whiteness. They're the ones who are obsessed with being white, however that term means, um, in, in a very tribal sense, like that they're putting some sort of a, a value to it. Like what, and exactly what that is is not clear. They make general generalizations about European civilization, which in which uh, the people of Europe happen to be white, they claim, although there's been arguments about that over the years. My contention in return is that whether or not they're white is not relevant. Yes, their civilization is the greatest advancement, I would argue, in, 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 history, in the history of mankind, and that the United States is the ultimate fruit of that advancement. But the fact that, that the people who were involved in that advancement, their racial background is not relevant. It could have very easily been any racial background. It happened to be Europe. Now, I pointed out that Christianity played a major role in it, and that Christianity could have it was not exclusive to Europe. You have African Christianity, Asian Christianity, um, and that the reason that those Christian civilizations did not blossom the way Europe did is because of the Islamic conquest first, and secondly, the Mongol conquest that oppressed those civilizations and uh, and put them into um, you know a kind of a shadow for sure. Um, so anyway, I'm going to respond to some of these comments. And uh, since I can't seem to get them online, I'm going to look at them on my app here. Um, and, and some of them are really too disgusting. I mean, I just got rid of them. They're just ugly. I'm not going to go with those. This one is the grassroots of Old Hickory, which is a, the picture of Andrew Jackson, who I happen to admire as president of the United States. He says, um, pre-1960 Christians had no problem with racial segregation. Segregated parishes with a norm, norm, despite Christianity being a universal religion. I just want to remind you, because if the alt-right is an anti-Christian or weirdo pagan, uh, let's see, movement, it will fail. Weirdo pagan movement, it will fail. Christianity will not hold us back. It will only help us grow. Look at Russia and Poland. Christianity isn't destroying their countries with mass immigration. It's countries where Christianity has become cocked and atheism is on the rise and that we find white people committing racial suicide. We need to embrace pre-60s Orthodox Christianity. Look, whatever your criticisms, they're irrelevant. We don't have a choice. The movement cannot succeed if it's hostile to Christianity. It's time to decide. We have a serious image problem. Is the alt-right pro-Christian or anti-Christian? Is the alt-right going to defend our Christian heritage or trample all over it? The alt-right gives more to weirdo pagan beliefs. It can't go on. By the way, the alt-right would be a lot less scary of people to people if it were pro-Christian. You could appeal to a wider audience and win over Republican voting Christians. Just think of the gains. Um, look, this goes on and on. It's a little too long to get into totally here, but, um, 
actually, this one has some reason. This one makes a little sense in that I asked Richard Spencer um, about his attitude toward Christianity because I have read that he is not particularly well disposed to it. And his answer was that that his view is complicated. Um, generally speaking, um, and, and of course, we have to generalize in order to, to have a conversation, and I know there are exceptions, but in general, I would, my perception is that the so-called alt-right movement that Richard Spencer represents and is a leader of tends to be anti-Christian. Um, they tend to be pagan, be somewhat new age, if you will. And in that sense, they're very much like the, the not just the Nazi movement of Germany, but the pre-Nazi Vogue movement that goes back to the period right after the French Revolution. And you had in Italy, you had the Carabinari movement, which was, a, Carabinari was like a people who would go into the forest and burn charcoal. I mean, that was part of their ritual. And in those cases, which led to a major tenet of Nazism, they were sort of a pagan, neo-pagan, back-to-the-earth movement, uh, you know, kind of a, a, you know, a veneration of nature. There's the Gaia principle. Uh, you know, their movement today is actually, you find it on the left with a new age, uh, you know, kind of cult um, attitudes of, I would say Satanism is part of that. There's actually a Church of Satan in here in Salem, Massachusetts. It's a it's a headquarters for that, uh, you know, or or just like kind of an, a, a, a worship of nature. Um, in, in Judaism, there was a movement uh, that was launched by um, philosopher Baruch Spinoza, who was excommunicated, by the way, by the rabbis, who um, you know who was sort of the father of modern pantheism, this idea that God is in nature, that God is in rocks, and that God is in waterfalls, and God is in rivers, and God is in you know, the sunrise. And the, the, in other words, you know, it's a veneration of nature, which is uh, really not, not is quite antithetical to Judaism and Christianity, in that we believe that nature is created by God, but it's not God. It's God's creation. It's in a sense, it's a witness to God, but it's inanimate. It's not living. It's uh, you know, it's it's a product of God, a material product that does not, in and of itself, possess a, a spiritual side. That the spiritual side is is found only in the human being. So you know, the this neo pagan movement that I think is part of the alt right is very much very similar to the New Age movement on the left, and which goes to a point that I make in my book, Was Hitler a Leftist?, in that, that Nazism was a left-wing movement. It was a kind of a New Age, neo-pagan movement that did not like Christianity because it saw Christianity as an offshoot of Judaism. And I make that point I made that point directly to Richard Spencer yesterday that that Christianity is a form of Judaism. It is a means by which Judaism was transmitted to the world. Jesus was a was a was a, a a kind of a transition figure, and his followers in that they took the ministry or the teachings of the Torah, and they made it available to the world in a means that was palatable to people. 
It didn't mean you had to be circumcised and it'd be kosher and, you know, observe a strict Sabbath and some of the other requirements that uh, were placed on the Jewish people by the uh, Torah. Yet at the same time, you could embrace the beliefs. In a sense, you could say that so in some ways, Christianity was similar to the reform movement in Judaism, except with a major difference. And I put this in as a major caveat, and that is that Christianity preserved and in many cases enhanced the, or, the moral and ethical precepts of the Torah, whereas uh, the, the, the reform movement in Judaism is trying to denounce that. Um, so, you know, this these principles are the exact opposite of what this alt-right movement is about. I think people need to understand that. I mean, this is even mentioned on the uh, website put together by the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is a group that I really don't like at all. I think they're extremely biased. Um, but that they did do some research and they did have some quotes from Richard Spencer and other alt-right people, which indicate that they are not well disposed toward Christianity and they have embraced to varying levels a neo-pagan stand, which is pre-Christian and which seeks to uh, basically reduce, if not ultimately remove Christianity, which they view as a Judaizing influence. Uh, the original Vogue movement of Germany, which was totally embraced by the Nazis, and the Carabinari movement in Italy, and there were some others, much of it in reaction to the French Revolution, they were a back to the earth movement. They were into organic food and nature walks and hikes and preservation. And they viewed Judaism as cosmopolitan because Jews were not farmers, mainly because they were banned from being farmers. Most European countries did not let Jews own land. And, uh, but however it came about, they were not, uh, you know, they weren't people of the earth. I mean, they were, they were city people. They were cosmopolitans. They were what the communists would call rootless cosmopolitans. And, and this led to this belief that they somehow are alienated from the earth. They're, they're alienated from the pagan faith. And they are in the real sense, but also in the actual sense that they did not own land. Not that it would matter if they did, because even, you know, you have Jewish farmers and they're still, you know, Jewish in, the, in if they believe in the precepts of Judaism. So to to make the so this this author this this uh, tweet makes a point that's accurate in that the um, the movement the alt right movement is neo is neo pagan it is um, it is new age and in that sense it is entirely consistent not just with Nazism but with the left in America today. Okay. Um, this is another one. It says here, uh, the Jew is asking, that's very insulting, I mean, but we're going to go with this. The same question Sargon and Styx have asked already. I think Sargon and Styx are, they do a pretty popular podcast. Um, so they have already, at, at, in Spencer's First Lives debate, what is white really? If it's so hard to define white identity, how do we have all these anti-white policies like quotas for non-whites? Uh, let's see. 
like quotas for non-whites at the workplace, retribution payments for slavery, demonizing of white nationalistic groups, et cetera, et cetera. Spencer is right. Identity politics is the future, whether you like it or not. All right. Well, my response is uh, to that is that um, uh, both sides are wrong. You know, the uh, and both sides are the flip side of the same coin. This is how I started my interview with him by pointing out that his views are almost identical to those of Louis Farrakhan, who is a black nationalist, who is a black identity leader and who is being embraced by much many elements in the Democratic Party. By the way, the um, the Women's March movement, they've embraced Farrakhan and many of them now have resigned in protest. But um, the caller says that we're going in that direction and that it's inevitable. Reminds me of communist talk, actually. Spencer said the same thing yesterday on my interview with him, that if this all is inevitable, we better get used to it. And I reject that. You know, it's it's it really is contrary to the concept of free will. Nothing is inevitable. You know, death is taxes are inevitable. But when it comes to societal advancement or regression, these things happen because of the lack of identification, the lack of education. Uh, I, I am hopeful that these things are not inevitable and that uh, concepts of individual rights and freedom, which is the foundation of America, will slow down and marginalize these tendencies, whether they come from the left, the right, or center. And that um, this, this racial identity movement, they're right. I mean, that it's become, it's taken over the cultural high, gr high ground in, in our college campuses, in our academia, in, in our corporations, in our public life, really, where people of color, people who are not white, are viewed as possessing some sort of a, a virtue, that this idea has some element of goodness to it automatically by birth because they've lived in a white society that where whites have dominated and because they have been victims of that, and some have, some have not, then that somehow puts them in a place where we owe them something and that uh, we have to give them extra favors to make up for the injustices and the imbalances of the past. And that this view is then, there's a reaction to this view. And that reaction is Richard Spencer and his movement. That, uh, that they believe that, uh, wait, wait a minute, hey, why, why aren't I getting taken care of, therefore, for being white? I'm not privileged. I'm just some poor schlub, you know, trying to get ahead. And here I am because I'm white. I've had opportunities taken away from me. And that when I keep reading that everything is so wonderful because, oh, my goodness, the first black man or the first black woman or the first gay person or the first whatever. And what about me? You know, I'm left out of that because I'm just a white person, particularly white men. And in a sense, they're right. And there's, there's resentment for it. It's a complicated question. I would suggest that as imperfect as it is, the best approach to it is the classic American approach, which is that individuals are free to achieve or not achieve based upon their own merits and makes based upon their ability to 
to learn on their own and make the proper connections with other people of like mind who may help them advance and develop their own networks, not based on tribe, although tribe, I suppose, can be a part of it, based upon, you know, when you go out and, and pick a lawyer or you go out and pick a doctor or you pick an accountant or you pick whatever, you're not looking at them, oh, you know, I mean, th this person is is Jewish or this person is, is, is black or this person's a woman. No, you look at who they are and you develop the team out of the best people you can find. I mean, I know somebody who, you know, she had to see a doctor and she chose a doctor to see because this doctor happened to be a woman without even knowing that much about her. And it turned out she was a lousy doctor. So, no, you, that's, you know, we, we, we have to get away from those, those things. Um, those things are not, in the final analysis, meaningful in any real sense. You know, as far as injustices are concerned, yes, the United States traditionally has been a white supremacist nation. That's right. That's a fact. You know, white people were given an advantage because they were white. Minorities were invisible. They were kept back. Even, and this was even internalized by minorities. And that's wrong. Um, I think there has been a general movement to move away from that. It was a movement that took on a lot of momentum after World War II when you had black soldiers fighting alongside white soldiers and coming back and expecting to be treated the same. And you had the integration. I know this sounds maybe like a trivial matter, but I think it's significant in the culture in that you had the integration of sports. You know, you had Jackie Robinson uh, playing at the Brooklyn Dodgers. And, you know, that led to, you know, a general opening up in society of all areas of endeavor for minorities. And that's a good thing. But now that that is on the roll and that's a trend and that's become an accepted uh, thing and that, that people are friendly and comfortable with minorities and white people are not, you know, getting automatic privilege that it's time to move on into a post-racial age and say, let's begin to remember, let's remember that we need to create our own lives and judge people based upon who they are. I mean, that was the dream of the great, late, great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., that he hopes that someday his children will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Okay, let's move on to the next one here. Um, this is, again, I'm looking at my app. Um, from where, let's see, here we go. The founding documents of the United States have very little to do with some modern revisionist concept of Judeo-Christian values. This is Ben Shapiro tier nonsense that no serious person actually believes. Now, this is from E. Vaughn. All right. Um, now, I asked, I responded to him by saying, from where do you think uh, our values emerged, if not from Judeo-Christian? And his response is, from the people. It sounds almost like a communist. Who, as you like to say, happened to be white purely by random chance? It, it didn't emerge from the people. It emerged from ideas. And those ideas, embraced by, quote, the people in general, were Judeo-Christian ideas. I mean, this whole thing is so ignorant that I don't even know, honestly, where to, where to start. 
Of course it was, you know, Judeo-Christian. I mean, this is, this is inane. You know, America is based on Judeo-Christian values. We, our founding fathers, <clears throat> they understood the Bible. They carried it around with them. They quoted from it. It was the main source of education. Even the most more secular uh, members, like, like Jefferson and the, you know, the deists, as it were, they quoted from the Bible. Jefferson actually wrote a Bible commentary. It's, it, it tends to be a bit on the heretic side, but it shows that he understood <clears throat> and he respected the precepts of the Bible. Um, you, you know, it's, it's, this is just, it's absurd. And the fact that someone on the alt-right would be questioning this, again, I would pose a simple question. If you don't think that American values come from the Bible, and come from Judeo-Christian values, which is the Bible being our guide work, then where did it come from? I challenge you to answer that question. Anyways, I'm reaching toward the end here because I have to get ready for my show prep. I've got um, uh, author Paul Nathanson coming up who talks about um, men and women and the role of gender in society today. Um, that's going to be at 12 noon live. Uh, and... Um, uh, you can check this interview out. You can check out uh, Richard Spencer, who uh, is archived on uh, the page. And, and please subscribe. Subscribe to the, uh, the, the YouTube page and get daily updates, um, sometimes more than once a day, sometimes on weekends, but certainly once every weekday. And um, I appreciate and My books, of course, are available on Amazon. Anyway, thanks for watching, everybody.